Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11 and we'll begin in verse number 1. And then I want you to, I want you to take and turn over to James uh, uh, toward the end of your Bible to James chapter number 4. Luke 11 and then we're going to go to James chapter number 4. I, I, I want you to know, I honestly, I, I, this is with all my heart, I feel, I feel the devil is really fighting today. I, I, I do, not just at home, not just because I cut my lip off, amen. Uh, I, I, I just feel it. I feel it in the service, I, and I know why. I mean, God just spoke to my heart. He does not want you to hear what you're fixing to hear. He doesn't. Scott, would you come to the, in the middle right here for me? Uh, uh, he doesn't want you to get what you're fixing to receive. Now, I want you to do this. I want you to pinch your neighbor and tell him, wake up. You need, no, don't pinch him. Just tell him, wake up. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him, wake up. You need what you're fixing to hear. You need what you're fixing to hear. How many of you, how many of you, sometime in your life, you prayed, and, 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 and when you got through praying, it felt like it hit that ceiling and come back down? Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt the, had the feeling that when you got through praying, you just wasted your time? Tell the truth. I've been there. I know all about that. But I promise you this, there was never a time Jesus got down to pray that he did not know his Father in heaven heard his prayer. And he got through. Does that mean that every time I pray I get through? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can prove it by Scripture. There are times when you do pray, it does hit the ceiling and come back down. But there are reasons for that. And it doesn't have to be that way. God desires to hear and answer our prayer. God wants to bless his children in an incredible way. And we're going to preach the next three weeks on the subject of prayer. Probably, I would have to say, the number one weak spot in Christianity today. Would you agree with that? I would look in my own life and see that's probably my greatest weakness is the lack of prayer or the right prayer or being uh, sincere in my prayer and fervent in my prayer. And boy, I want to get better at that. So let's, let's look in Luke chapter 11, and, and, and then we'll turn over to James chapter number 4. In Luke 11, verse 1, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. They were watching him. They were listening to him. They, they saw how he prayed and how he got a hold of his father. And they said, man, teach us to do that. Teach us to pray like you pray. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, say it with me, evil. evil. Then he begins to tell a story about prayer that we'll go into maybe next week. Now flip over to James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. We're going to read in verse number 1. James 4 verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Where, where, where's the, where's the, the basis and foundation for all wars? He'll tell you. Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Uh, this country over here desires the, the natural resources that this country over here has. This, this place over here wants what this has. Or this person over here desires what this. And there's fighting and war and, and, and things going on. Ye lust. That word means a, an intense desire. Verse 2. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. Yet ye have not. All of this struggling and fighting and carrying on and desiring and working and, and scrapping and, and, and conniving and cheating and doing all this stuff to get what you want and you still don't have it. Why don't you have it? He said you fight and war, yet you have not. Because ye... But then it says this. But ye ask and receive not. Because ye ask... Say it with me. Amiss. That you may consume it upon your lust. Father in heaven. Oh, Father, please help me right now. Lord, I, I can feel Satan. I can feel his breath. I, can, I, 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 I know he's here. And I, I know he doesn't want anybody to get this today. Because if they get it, they're going to be very dangerous. God, if we get this, we're going to... We're, Lord, there's nothing that can stop this place. There is nothing that can stop your people. And Father, please let us get it. 
Let us get it, Lord. Let us understand it. Let it make sense to our hearts and our minds. I pray that you'll bring your word into our hearts in such a way that is clear, plain, and simple. And God will praise you and thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like you pray. Teach us to pray and, 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 and be able to receive an answer like you receive. Uh, Lord, teach us how to do that. He begins and he tells them the manner of prayer or the pattern of prayer. We look at this as the Lord's Prayer and we call this the Lord's Prayer. And he says, and, and sometimes we mistakenly think this is some formula. This is some ritualistic prayer that we are to pray. And you'll hear people praying it before ball games or you'll hear, hear people praying it before certain events. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy king. You know, and we'll go into that. But that is not, he did not say just repeat this after me. That's what you need to do. He laid out an outline. He laid out a pattern of prayer that we'll talk about uh, this coming next couple weeks. And, and, and he says, this is, this is the pattern of prayer that you need to use. And, and, and I, I, I was really wanting to go into that first and talk about that first, but God wouldn't let me. Uh, because he said, there are some prerequisites to prayer that you need to understand. There are some things about prayer. There are some things that you need to understand before you start going and, 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 and covering the pattern of prayer. You need to talk about the prerequisites of prayer. And I, I, I looked up the word prerequisites. It means something that is required in advance. Required as a prior condition. In other words, there's some things we really need to understand before we go into the mode. And, and before we get on our knees and, 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 and go to asking God for our, our needs and our daily bread and to deliver us from evil and, and lead us not into temptation, there's some things we need to understand. The Bible says in Matthew 7, Listen, I want you to understand this. There is a promise from God. He says in Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. What am I reading? God's word. What color is the writing? I believe it's red. This is Jesus speaking. Can he tell a lie? Then what is he saying? He is telling you, you can ask and receive it. If you seek after it, you'll find it. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Then why in God's name are we in such a mess? Because God can't lie. God won't lie. He's telling us, this is a possibility. You have this power in your, I mean, right in your grasp. You have the ability to come to me with your burdens and your problems and your needs. But we're not receiving. We're not opening. Are y'all with me? But God says, I will do this. Second Chronicles, I read it a while ago, 16.9. Man, I love this one. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. What is that saying? God is actively searching. God is actively looking for somebody with a God-sized problem that he can show up and show out and show you how big a God he is. He wants to answer our prayer. He wants to show you how great and mighty that he is an awesome God. He wants to do that. He has a desire. He has a desire to show up on the scene. He has a desire to come in when everybody's mourning and everybody's grieving and everybody thinks it's too late. He has a desire to walk in on there and raise the dead. He has a desire to do the impossible. He has a desire to do what you don't even think he can do. I need a witness. He's running around wanting to kill a giant in the valley. He's running around wanting to split a Red Sea. He's running around wanting to feed, listen, hungry people who don't know where they're going to get their next meal. He's wanting to bring water out of a rock in the middle of a wilderness. I'm about to bust this morning. I wish y'all would get with me. He wants to do this. He is looking to do I mean, he is actively looking for somebody with a big enough problem that when he answers that problem, you'll give him all the glory. Because this was such a big enough problem that I can't take credit for. It had to be God. Do do y'all get this? He's wanting to do this. He's desiring to do this. He's looking, actively looking to solve big problems. Luke 12. Luke 12, 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock. Jesus saying, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. How many of you had children? And 
You wanted them to have the best. I mean, honestly, the best that you could provide for, the best that you could do, you wouldn't say, well, I could do this, but I'm only going to do this. I don't know of a parent that would have done that. If you did, you need help. Because I just can't even fathom that. I wanted the best that I could do. I wanted to provide. As a matter of fact, honestly, if, if the truth be known, I wanted to do more than what I had the ability to do. Would y'all agree with that? But you know what? There's nothing impossible to him. There's nothing beyond his ability to do. And he said, God it delights in him to give you the kingdom. So why are we in such a mess? Why are we running around in poverty? Why do we, why do we, we look around and it seems like every Christian is struggling in such a bad way and, and, and we don't have joy and, we, and we're running around with no peace, no happiness. I'll tell you why. I want to I just give you some reasons why our prayers are not being heard. I want to give you some reasons why our prayers are like a boomerang. We send them out, but they just come right back to us. And I want to tell you just real quickly, three, and listen, three key ingredients to having your prayers answered. How many of you would like to know, when you got down on your knees, I'm talking about you had a guarantee that it got to heaven and heaven was going to respond. How many of y'all would like to know that? Well, is that really important? Yeah, it's, going to, it's important. It's important because your kid's going to be in trouble one day and you're going to have to get a hold of God. You're going to go to a hospital room one day and you're going to have to, because the doctor will be in a place where he can't do anything and you're going to have to talk to somebody who can. You're going to find yourself in a place in life where your problem is bigger than you are and there's no human being on earth who can fix your issue. You're going to have to be able to get a hold of God. Listen, it's not coming. We're here. Look at our country. We better get a hold of God. Our country is going to hell a hundred miles an hour while we're asleep at the wheel. Boy, we need Christians to get a hold of God, don't we? Listen, why? Why is the prayers not being answered? Well, there's a few things. And, and you can write it down or not. It's, it's not really the main, the main points. But I just want to share with you just a couple verses. Listen, number one, disobedience. Why is our prayers not being answered? Disobedience. Deuteronomy 1, verse 42. And the Lord said unto them, say unto them, go not up. This is, this is when the nation of Israel, the first time they said, we, 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 can't go into the, we can't go into Canaan because we're like grasshoppers and we're just going to doubt. And, and well, God got angry with them and said, okay, you're not going to go in. You're going to go in the wilderness and you're, not, you're, you're never going to see the promised land. Well, they say, change their mind. Oh, no. Well, I tell you what, we'll go up then. God said, you better not go up. I'm not going to be with you. Don't go up. And the Lord said unto them, go not up, neither fight. For I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear. But rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites which dwelt in that mountain came out against you, and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And ye returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. There's a song, and I like the song, it's a cool song, Tears are a Language that God Understands. And that's, that's, that's not necessarily true. Because his children came with tears, but God would not hearken. Why? Disobedience. Disobedience. We have so many people living in blatant disobedience, thinking that, well, you know, it's better to, uh, to ask forgiveness than permission. That's a bunch of hogwash. Listen, disobedience is keeping... Our, our prayers from being answered, not only disobedience, but secret sin. Secret sin, Psalm 66, 18. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Secret sin that nobody knows about. Secret sin that only you know about. You say, but it's not hurting anybody, it's just harming me. That's a lie. That's a lie. Let me tell you why that's a lie. Because you are needed for somebody else. You are needed to be a blessing to somebody else. You are needed to be an encouragement to somebody else. God puts you here. You are salt and light to this earth. And if you have secret sin in your life, you're not going to be able to get a hold of God when somebody calls you and says, please pray for me. 
Because, see, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. God don't even stroll in the shade. He's light. He's holy. And he says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. See, when we, when we, when we sin and we think that, oh, well, it's not bothering nobody. It's just me. If I, I'm the only one going to have. No, it's not. Because I'm going to need you one day to pray for me. Let me tell you what the problem is. And I'm doing more pastoring this morning than I am evangelizing, but, but you just need to understand this. We have been, we've, we've, listen, when somebody says, pray for me, yes, brother, I'll do it. And we never think another thing about it. We just keep right on going or we'll say, Lord, bless them and think we've really done something. And we've gotten so lazy with our prayers when somebody else is broken and burdened, we say, would you please pray for me? Oh, yes, brother, I'll pray. And we never think another thing about it. That's why we don't know and realize how important it is for us to be right with God. Because at any moment, somebody may need my prayer. Somebody may need me to get a hold of heaven for them. That somebody may be you. That somebody may be your family. That somebody may be one of your children. That somebody may be your husband. That somebody may be your wife. And here they are in a tragedy. Here they are on death's door. Here they are. They could go out into eternity and they need somebody to get a hold of heaven. But you can't. Because you've got something that you won't let go of. You've got something that you won't come to God and get it right and make a difference in your life. God will not hear when secret sin is in our life. Not only secret sin... But iniquity, iniquity, Isaiah 59, 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Iniquities are habits that you know you have that you won't deal with. I'll deal with these because these are more public and somebody else may see them, but, but I'm not going to mess with these over here. And let me say this. Let me say this on this one. Before you go and think, hmm, I know who that one is. There ain't a person in here that can look at that point and not look in the mirror. So before you get all Holy Joe on me, just go ahead, reach up there right now, get your halo and put it in your pocket. Because ain't nobody here believes it no how. Most of the time when people bring in halos, they're just hiding horns. Say amen. You're awful meanness. No, no. I'm scared. I really am. I'm scared for our children. I'm scared for our country. I'm scared for our families. Listen. If we don't get this, we're going to be in a mess. Because if there's ever more been a time that we need God, man, it's now. It's now. Listen, not only iniquities, but, but <laughs> stubbornness. Stubbornness. Zechariah seven thirteen. Therefore it came to pass that as he cried, they would not hear. And so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. God steadily trying to get your attention. God crying out to you saying, please come back to me. Please, please, please. He said, I cried unto them, and they would not hear. So he stepped back, and now they are in a tragedy. Now they are in a difficulty. Now they are in a bad way. And he said, now they cried. What did he say? And I would not hear stubbornness stubbornness how about instability instability James 1 6 James 1 6 but let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed now watch this for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now, I would probably say that one right there is where a lot of us sit. Does the Bible say 
Does the Bible say, when ye pray, believe that ye'll receive? Does it, not, does it say that? Does your Bible say that? Y'all with me? Come on, wake up, guys. Come on, stay with me. I know this is serious. We better get this. Does the Bible not say, when you pray, believe when you pray? Does it not say that? How many of us are like your preacher? I got to thinking about mine and examining my life. How many times do I pray believing or do I pray hoping? I'm praying, but man, I'm just hoping. That's not what God said. There's a difference between believing and hoping. Are y'all with me? How many y'all, how many, be honest, because there's somebody beside you that's scared about this and, and they need somebody else to be honest so they'll see that they're not the only one in this condition. How many times when you got down to pray, you were praying as hard as you could and you were just hoping God would do something? Well, the Bible says we can't be unstable. We can't be, we can't be fluctuating. We can't be in a place where, well, yeah, he will. No, I don't think he will. You know, well, maybe he will. No, I don't think he will. I just, I just don't. No, he says, when you pray, believe it. When you pray, know it. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's by faith that they stopped the mouths of lions. It's by faith that they crossed the Red Sea. It's by faith Noah built an ark. I'm talking about by faith. All the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11, they did it by faith. What is faith? It is confidence and assurance in God. And when God sees his children, he wants them to ask, believing that they're going to get it. Knowing that they're going to get it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But I believe the number one reason, and that's what, that's what we're going to talk about. The intro is longer than the message, so we're going to shorten it up right here. The number one reason I believe with all of my heart because I've done some asking in my time. Asking has not really been an issue with me sometimes. But the receiving part never came sometimes. And it wasn't that I didn't get down and ask God for it, because I did. But it was the way I asked. The Bible says in James, <clears throat> we looked at it a while ago, James 4. James 4, verse 1. Or excuse me, we'll just go to, uh, well, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your own lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have. And cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. And then you have not because you ask not. But then he says this. But when you ask, you don't receive. Because ye ask. What's that word? Amiss. Amiss. What does that mean? In a faulty way. It means to ask wrongly. Ask wrongly. A lot of times we're going to God with things that for your best interest, he cannot answer for you in a yes. There's been times, there's been times that I've gone to my parents when I was a kid. Can I, can I skateboard in the road? No. Now, I, I didn't understand the possibility of a Peterbilt truck not seeing me in the highway and running me over. I couldn't see that. I didn't understand that. All I could understand was they said no. But see, Dad couldn't say yes. Because if he said yes, I would be a little stain on the road. Does that make sense? And we're coming to God with things that God says, you're, you're, this is a disaster. You do not need what you're asking for. You really don't want what you're asking for. But you know, sometimes he will go ahead and say, okay, okay, know it all. I'm going to give you what you want. And then when we get what we want, we don't want what we get. Oh, I just love him. He's just wonderful. No, he's not really. He's not. And then you get him. Oh, God, take him back. Oh, Jesus. Oh, she's just so wonderful, Lord. She's got big hair and everything. Oh, Lord, she's just so pretty. And no, no. Oh. 
and God tries his best. You know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be funny to keep from crying. Because I've seen so many times in my life when I just kept on and kept on and kept on with God, and then he finally said, okay, big boy. And then I thought, why didn't I just listen? Why didn't I just listen? With purchases, things we buy, hello. You know, our country's just messed up right now because we couldn't take no for an answer. Listen, three things. I don't want to use these words because we really have way too many infomercials on TV. Amen. It, it never ceases to amaze me. This don't have anything to do with the message, but it's on my mind. It never ceases to amaze me the weight loss products that they come up with. I mean, come on. I mean, I thought when, when the thigh master come out, that would be the end of all ends. Are y'all with me? And they come up with some of the... But you know, they don't, they, they don't keep coming up with this stuff because they're not selling. We're buying this garbage. And then we're like, what am I doing? Why, you know, here we are. We, 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 we just constantly, constantly, constantly. And... And they use all this term, revolutionary. This is the greatest, you know, all these words. And I want to I I use the word, this will revolutionize your prayer life. It really will. This, will. this will, I'm telling you, if you get this right here, it will blow your mind what God will do for you. You will not have a notebook big enough to write down the prayer, answers to prayer that you can bring in here and praise God for. If we'll get this right here. If we'll get this right here. I read a story about a man named George Mueller. George Mueller run an orphanage in England. Never asked for a dime. Completely prayed about everything that come in. Raised millions of dollars just praying and asking God to send and supply the need. He was going to Ontario on a ship. He was going to Ontario on a ship. And they, the fog was so dense they couldn't. And the, he went to the captain and said, we've got to go. He said, I've never missed an engagement. In 57 years of ministry, I've never missed an engagement. We've got to go. He said, sir, do you see the fog? And this is the captain's testimony. This is not George Mueller telling. This is a written testimony of the captain. The captain was a Christian. He said, let's go down. He said, let's go down into the quarters and let's pray about this. They got down there, and George Mueller knelt down. <clears throat> he knelt down and prayed, and the captain said, it was the most simple prayer I've ever heard. When George Mueller got through praying, he said, I went to say, dear Lord, and George Mueller tapped him on the shoulder and said, sir, this is no, you don't need to worry about it. He says, what do you mean? He says, he says, I believe God's already answered the prayer, and you don't believe he will, so there's no sense in you praying. God's already answered the prayer. Now, that's some gall, ain't it? He says, in 57 years of ministry, I've never failed to get an audience with the king. And he has heard our prayer. He said, let's go. Captain got up, went up, opened the doors. There wasn't a stitch of fog in the air. Why? He prayed believing. Now let me say this. The more answers to prayer we get, the more we're going to believe. And the more faith we're going to get. But there are some things that George Mueller knew that we need to get. Number one, this is really what you need to write down. This is really what you need to write down. And let me say this. All of my life group, you say you always forget. I'm reminding you right now. Write it down. Amen. Uh, We need to write down something in the message that God speaks to our heart about that we can contribute in groups. So I'm reminding all of my group, write it down. Tell them, Charlie, say amen. All right. Number one, what is, the, what is one of the most important ingredients? What is the most important ingredient in getting our prayers answered? Number one, write this down. To be fully surrendered to God's will. Be fully surrendered to God's will. And you say, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You just don't want to. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. 
Let me read you a verse so you know I ain't just spouting this off. Psalms 37, 4. Psalms 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee what? The desires of your heart. That's your wants. That's your wants. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Watch 1 John. This is my favorite. 1 John 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, y'all with me? If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. What does that mean? When we learn to line up our will with his will, our plans with his plans, we know that when we do that and we surrender to what he wants, that when we come to him and say, God, I need this, this is in accordance with his will, he's going to say, no problem, and meet the need. Watch this. I was, when I was at Long Branch in South Carolina, I was pastoring a, a little church, and, 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 and it, it was built like the little house on the prairie. I mean, it had big, big, uh, 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 big columns in the front and that whole deal. And, 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 you know, I just I thought that's where God would have me the rest of my life. I really did. I thought that that's where I was going to spend my, uh, my, my, my uh, uh, ministry, and here we go. And, 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 and I, man, I was looking out in the cornfield. I was looking out in the cornfield where we could build a building out there. And, you know, and it was growing, people getting saved. And, I mean, it was growing like crazy. And, and, and I always thought that that's where I would be. And then when God started adjusting things, God started doing like that, that mama eagle in the nest. He started he started moving things around to make me uncomfortable where I was and, and make it where I would not want to be there. And I'm telling you, God got me ready to leave. Why? Because his will the whole time was Coleman, Alabama. God had a dream. God had a purpose. God had a plan for me to be in Coleman, Alabama. He was using Long Branch as a training ground. He was training me and teaching me and guiding me and getting me ready, honing me and working on me and getting things out and getting things in and getting me ready to His divine purpose. But I, I was praying, oh, God, fix this problem. And it wasn't according to His will. Instead of saying, God, what, what do you have for me? What, 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 what are you doing? What direction do you... Lord, do you want me to be here forever? Lord, is there some other plan? Is there some other direction? Is there, is there something else? Lord, do you want me to... What, what, what do you want in my life? Instead of saying, God, what is your will? I was saying, God, fix these problems. Because I want to stay. And God said, no. I don't want you to stay. Because if you stay, it'll go nowhere. If you stay, there'll be no future. I've got a plan. I've got a corner on 157. And listen, in Campground Road, I've got a place in Coleman, Alabama that's got your name written all over it. And I'm telling you, if you stay here, you'll never see it happen. I've got wonderful plans for you. And you know what? When I got to that place, okay, God, I'm tired of fighting. Lord, if you want me to, I'm telling you, every day, every day, Chad, every time I went to church, it was like I was going to jail. People getting saved like crazy. But I was so uncomfortable. I was miserable. I felt like I was going to jail every, every Sunday. People getting saved like crazy. Because I wasn't lining up with the will of God. Amen. And when I finally said, that's it. I'm tired of this. Lord, I don't care. What is Zimbabwe? Sign me up. I don't care. The biggest burden I've ever felt was lifted off of me. And God said, now I can answer your prayer. But when we're so stubborn, we're not willing to do in the direction he'd have us to go. We're going to have real problems getting our prayers answered. But see, God has a plan over here. God has a plan to get me over there. But if he was to answer the prayer I'm asking, it would push me further away from his destined goal for me. It would push me further away from a, a, a great thing in my life. 
I'll be honest with you. I can't imagine, Hank, I can't imagine not being right here right now. I really can't. I can't imagine my life without Temple. I can't imagine my life without y'all. But if God was to have answered the prayers that I was asking him for, it would have pushed me further and further away from the greatest blessing in my life. Naomi, Ruth, go back home. Ruth, you, I don't have any more sons for you to marry. You're, you're wasting your time. spending. Just go back home. I'm empty. I'm bitter. I'm nothing. Uh-uh. God wouldn't let that prayer get answered. No, I can't leave. When I, where you go, I go. And y'all know the story. Naomi takes Ruth back. Goes back. Ruth meets a hottie. Say amen. Just happens to be a kinsman redeemer to Naomi. It just happens to turn Naomi's life upside down. Turns her from a beggar. To, I'm about to shout. Hey, man. Turns her from being poor and wretched and miserable to somebody that's blessed and has a family now? Why? Because God would not answer her prayer. Y'all may not listen to Garth Brooks. Some, well, some of you may. Yeah, I've heard it at the Waffle House. Thank God for unanswered prayers. That was him, wasn't it? Yeah, see, you heard it too, didn't you? Uh huh. You sorry hypocrite. Just accusing me, and he heard it. I was in his car when I heard it. Amen. Thank God for unanswered prayers. But see, this is not about praising him for unanswered prayers, this is about getting our prayers answered. And if we're going to get our prayers answered, first thing we need to do is get humble and realize I don't know everything. And realize I'm messing my life up by running it myself. Everything I put my hands on, every time I, my hands touch the controls of my life, I messed it up. Naomi did that. Naomi and her family said there was a famine come in. They ran down to Moab. What were they doing? They were controlling their life. Why do we get so dumb? Do we just get to a stage in life when we lose all sense of reality and think, well, I don't need God now. Solomon did that. Solomon was the wisest man ever lived, had more power and money, and I think the blessings is what done it. That's what got Satan. He said, you are lifted up in your pride because of thy beauty. Because all that I gave you, that caused you to fall. You know what? It seems like the more God blesses us, the more we feel like we don't need Him. Until God says, okay. And He starts taking it away. Till we get to the place where we say, okay, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I've tried to have my will. I've tried to do it my way. And this ain't working. God, please, I'm surrendering now to Your will. Let me read this verse one more time. Let me read this verse one more time. Watch this. It says in 1 John 5, 14, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. What, what does this mean? When God wants to give you something, you don't think he's going to give it to you when you ask him for it? When he's sitting up here, I'm just, just, come on, just ask. When it lines up with his will, are y'all with me? Number two. Now, let me say this. No, I'm not going to say it. Number two. We must line up with his will, first thing. But then secondly, we must have an understanding of God's Word. We must have an understanding of God's Word. Why is that so important? Where do you think you're going to find His will for your life? Uh, Brother Scott, go to, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, she presents you by, I think it's Romans 12, I believe. Romans 12. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's that first verse. Lining up with his will. Sacrifice saying, Lord, I submit to you. Your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is it's your reasonable service. Brother Scott, uh, 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 say it real loud. I don't have a mic, but say it like you mean it because everybody needs to hear it real loud. Yep. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right, go back to verse 1. Read verse 1 again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's submission. That's, that's point number one. That's submitting to his God whatever it is you want me to do. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. All right, now watch this. Now, 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 now stay close. Keep on. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now read that part, that ye may prove. That, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right, watch this, guys. Watch this. First, we have to submit. But then we have to transform our mind. How do we transform our mind? Through this book in your hands. How are we going to know the will of God if we don't know his word? Because it's through his word that we're going to know the will of God. It says that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. Some of us are so clueless. Because we don't know it. We never pick it up till we go to church. And the only time we open it is when he says, turn to whatever. We never spend time in God's word. This is God's, now let me, let me, let me help you with something. This is God's mind on paper. This is God's thinking. This is God's heart. His word is so important. Well, I don't know how to read. They've got it on CD. They really do. They've got it on CD. There is no excuse there is no excuse. Say it with me. There is no excuse for not getting God's word. None. Zero. Zilch. Well, I can't afford CDs. You see me after the service, and I promise you, I can get you some CDs. If you really can't afford it, I promise you, I'll buy you some CDs. Why? Because I think it's that important for you to be in this. Because it is this that transforms your mind. It is this that gets us into a place where we understand God. We understand His will for our life. We understand what He's trying to do for us and through us. So that when we get down on our knees, there's no doubt about I can ask for this in my life because He said I can have it. Because His Word says I can have it. I can do this in my life. How do you know that you can do all things? The Bible said it. How do you, how do you know that God's going to supply all of our need? Because the Bible said it. And we're, wondering, we're worrying. I'm telling you, we're, we're going to the world. We're having to take Valium. We're having to take depression medicine. We're having to do all kinds of things simply because we won't go to his word and find out that he is all that we need, that we can go to him for anything, that he will make sure we're going to make it. I don't care what the economy is. I don't care what White House is doing. I don't care what the State House is doing. I don't care how, what kind of famine there is. God can make a table in the wilderness. But this is the most neglected thing in our house. We've got to change the batteries on our remote control every month. And then we've got to say, honey, you know where my Bible is? It's time for church. Amen? The Bible says, John 15, 7. John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, Ye shall ask what... So read it with me. Y'all act like y'all don't believe me. Read it with me. Ye shall ask... Say it with me. Come on, everybody. Get with me. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it... Y'all with me? Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There's such a connection to God's word in our prayer, it's unbelievable. Well, I don't like reading. I don't like to do a lot of things. But I like having God's favor in my life. Now, I'm telling you, most of y'all raise your hand and say, I want to get my prayers answered. I want to know when I get down and pray. Do you? Or do we want to just keep struggling through life? Struggling and struggling and struggling. 
Well, first we have to submit to the will of God. God, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my family? What is your direction for me? I need to get in God's Word, and I need to read it. I need to spend time with it. Listen, if you don't like to read and you're not a good reader, I understand that. Buy the CDs. Put it in your car. Some of y'all drive an hour to work every day. Can you imagine what would happen in your life if you put a CD in your car and listen to God's Word for an hour a day? Number three. What was number one? Say it back to me. Say it again. Number two. Say it again. Now, this don't mean you have to have a Ph.D. degree in it. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to. Just start reading it, and it'll infiltrate and permeate your heart and mind. Amen? Number three, write this down real quickly. Write this down, and we'll, we'll pray. We must be led by the Holy Spirit. We must be led by the Holy Spirit. What difference does that make? Because he knows what we need to pray for. See, the Holy Spirit's He's real close to the Father. It's kind of like in your family at home, when you were growing up, who was you more likely to get something from, your mama or your daddy? Mama? It depends on whether you were male or female. If you were a girl, daddy. If you were a boy, mama. Amen. I never went to daddy for anything. It was always mama. Why? Mama had a close relationship with daddy. And mama knew what I could get from daddy. Y'all with me? Now, this is the way this works. The Holy Spirit and the Father, they're like this. And the Holy Spirit, he's wanting to come into your heart and say, ask him for this right here. Because I've done talk to him. He's wanting to give it to you. I'm telling you, I feel God bumps. I don't care if you're getting anything. I feel it right here. We need to get this. The Holy Spirit is wanting to whisper into your heart. This is what I've heard the Father say. The Father wants to do this for you. Ask him for this right here. Because we've done talked about it. And he's, he's wanting to give it to you. Ask him for this. Look. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Have you ever felt that way? You get down on your knees, I don't even know what I need to ask for in this situation. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, you never miss that spot. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to pray for something that's not according to the will of God. If we pray according to the promises of His Word, and if we are led by the Holy Spirit, then our prayers will be pleasing to God. God can put in the hearts of Christians what He wants them to pray for. John 14, 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Have you ever said, God, what? Holy Spirit, what do I need to ask for in this situation? God, our marriage is in a mess. What, 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 what do you want me to pray for? What do you want me to pray for? What do you want me to ask God for? Holy Spirit, my finances are in a mess. My finances are in a mess. God, what, what do you want me to ask for? What do you want me to... You know, it may not be that God wants you to get a raise. God may want you to get on a budget. God may not want to give you more money because you had not taken care of what he's already given you. Well, I just need more. No, you haven't taken care of what you had. If we're not faithful in the little things, God's not going to put us over much. And if you keep asking for a raise, God's going to say no, because you'll just waste that too. God may want us to tighten down and buckle down and get more discipline. And the Holy Spirit needs to leave. We need a budget. We need a, a financial plan. Does this make sense, people? Amen. Well, would he really tell us? Are you kidding? The Holy Spirit will jump up and down in your spirit and say, this is what I want you to ask for. 
but you need to be sensitive to hear him and not stubborn. Brother Kendrick, there's never been a time in my life that I didn't make a stupid decision that I didn't know it was a stupid decision. Well, I didn't know it was going to turn out like this. Yes, you did, because the Holy Spirit was trying to tell you, but you were too stubborn to listen. I'm telling you, if you're saved, the Spirit is with you. He's your teacher. He's your guide. And I'm telling you, in my life, every, every dumb thing, God was telling me it was dumb before I did it. And if we would just stop a minute and listen, God, what do you want? God, what steps do I need to take here? What direction do I need to go here? He will tell us. And when he does, that's Father. The Holy Spirit is leading me to ask for, what do you think the Father's going to do? Because him and the Holy Spirit's like this. They've already discussed it. They already know what's best for you. And when you ask for what he wants you to have, you can get up and, and... thank you, Lord. That is the only way you'll be able to pray and believe it when you pray. I'm believing God for Rolls Royce. You, you don't believe that. I always, just now, right there, right here, there's a God spot right here that God, he just, I've always wondered in my life how I could go from the hoping stage to the believing stage. Are y'all getting this? This is like, I mean, this was just come down from heaven just now. I don't have this written down. We can move from the hoping stage when we pray to the believing stage by saying, God, the Holy Spirit has led me to ask for this. And you can get up knowing it is because the Holy Spirit told you to ask for it. This is a revelation for me. That's how you can do it. I've always tried to manufacture belief. I'd get up and say, God, I'm believing you. And I wasn't believing in my heart, really. Now, some of y'all need to quit acting like y'all ain't never done this. I'm believing God. And I didn't believe it in my heart. I didn't. Boy, you line up with God and you surrender to him. So, okay, God, tell me what to ask for in this situation. Tell me what to pray for in this situation. And he tells you. And you pray. Buddy, when you get up, there's no question about it. You can believe that it's going to happen because God told you to ask for it. Well, what would happen if we would find a place in this altar today and get to that place in our life where we would surrender to his will? We would, listen, we would understand what his word says for our life. And, and we say, okay, God, tell me what to ask for. Tell me what to ask for with this problem. Tell me what to ask for with this situation. And bless God, that's what I'm asking for. This morning, I'm asking for that. Church, say amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Hey, we're not going, we're just going to practice what we preach.